Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how must it? Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips. You're going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean? So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. Hola, 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 my peeps. Hey, I am TJ Mercer. I'm known as the walking exclamation point. And uh, I'm known as the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy. And I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. But in this season, in this season, I show up every day of August and I tell you what thus saith the Lord. And we're spending August coming out of Egypt because God sent me in there to get you out of Egypt. So I got to come get you out of Egypt. And our anchor scripture is, um, then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is Exodus 19 and three, those seven words, this is what you are to say. Teach, this is what you are to say to Jamila, to Yvette, to Audrey, to Patrice to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. So he sent me specifically to tell y'all something. I got something to tell y'all. And um, we are raising up some water walkers. We are awakening the Peters in us. And so we have been spending 17 days together and this is 18 and uh, it's been going well, y'all. Some of y'all been like air day. I, I ain't missing a day, T, because I'm I'm definitely hooking my train to your caboose. And so if you have shared the video, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of those who listen to the replay. 
and you know you can't make it live but you like i still i need my dose of tj so you know i gotta have my tj and jesus so you watch on the replay and then i'm watching your comments come in on the replay so you're watching it like it's live and it's still blessing you and that's blessing me and i'm having a good time and i don't know if y'all having a good time but i don't care because i'm being obedient and i'm doing what god is telling me to do so with that said we are going to hook into the you of last night when when i walked down well, first of all, tell me about, oh, is Laz here? Because I promised Laz, I promised Laz that she could share her takeaway. I promised Laz. So Laz, are you here? Um, if so, it's that same link, Laz, that you can come in because I promised that you uh, could share your takeaway because I knew we had a lot of ground to cover. So, but last night, let me hear from some of you guys. In, in the chat, you don't have to come in because I know y'all shy and y'all got your bonnets on. And so I'm the only one to show up camera ready because uh, your doctor vet is camera ready because I see her because she's going to be reading for us tonight. Um, but how did, how did last night sit with you guys? How did it sit? Because I was struck. Laz, you want to come in? You want to come in and tell tell us what uh, your takeaway were, uh, but everybody else, anything else you want to share with me about how did last night? Because you know I was sh sharing last night that I I was kind of worried. Uh, hey Periscope, hey YouTube, hey IG, uh, I was kind of worried because it. I know it was heavy. We were on a journey through a bunch of scriptures and, and we broke down what purpose is. And, and when you're walking in your purpose and the things that you have to do, you got to press through the storms. You got to un, un, unbelieve some of the things you have been taught to believe. And then you've got to resist the temptation to be independent. And then you got, I forgot what the other P is. Some of y'all know what the other P is. I don't remember what the other P is. Um, then you got to, because they come to me in the, you know, just download it and I write it down and I forget. And the O is you got to overcome the Satan's whispers. And then you got to survive the delays and the, the, the seeming denials or whatever I said, it was delays and something. I don't remember. Um, and then uh, what was E? Uh, then you've got to energize your rest. So hopefully it landed. Patrice says, I went over it again this morning. So did it make a little more sense this morning, Patrice? Oh yeah. Patrice said, it's pro yeah. So it's process that it is a process, that it is indeed a process as you're, you're pressing through to your purpose. Okay. Uh, so while you guys are typing, I'll bring on Laz. Hey, my Laz. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. So you wanted to talk to me about, you wanted to talk to me about, um, well, I'm trying to, hold on, Laz. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait. Hold on, Laz, if you can hear me. Hold on. Can you hear me? Am I muted? Okay, I should be able to hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, like I just turned it up. Okay, keep talking, Laz. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, hold on. It's not. Talk to me, Laz. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. Okay, 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 go. Okay, hey, now I can hear you. Yay. Yeah. Hi. Hey, honey. So, I wanted you to know how what God. What you want me to know, girl? What you want me to know? How God has used you. Okay. Okay. Because the other night, I don't know if that was Sunday, because now I'm confused on the days. Um, when you were pouring into your mom. Okay. You thought you were just pouring into your mother. 
Okay. Uh, okay. And it started with Audrey. Audrey had mentioned, you know, something about envisioning God's delight in you, may God smile, right? Yeah, yeah. That was from Serve. I wrote that down. Okay, whatever, just moved on. And then she talked about how God, how, you know, the delight in God, that God is smiling on her. Mm-hmm. And then you poured into your mother about, you know, being a mom and being, you know, all the things that she's been and that mm-hmm. God was delighting in her. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that I have been, well, was, well, try not to cry. It's okay. I needed to know that. Mm-hmm. That I've always needed to know that from God. And, mm-hmm. didn't know, and I didn't know until that moment that I needed to know that. Because I have been obedient. I have I've gone through so much. Yeah. And I always say yes. And I go and I do things that people think are crazy. And I've quit jobs and I've moved and done different things. But I got some mess. I got baggage. I come with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? I know Laz ain't the only one. I didn't even know I needed that. Do you know I broke down? I've been crying for days. Yeah. But he's delighting in me. Yes. I need to know yes. That. Like that was everything. And I, even in my service, even in my, like I was looking at my professional career. I've been working for 36 years. I can't believe that. Wow. Since 1984, okay. 30 of them years, I've been a public servant. I have been serving. That is when I was a child, you asked me what I wanted to do. I said, I don't know. I just want to help people. So yeah. that is who I am. And that's what I've always done. But I didn't know he was delighted. Yes. Now, that was everything. So I wrote down, you put, you said, um, because we're Peter, but I'm Petrina. <laughs> I don't put the female version on. God is pleased with Peter. So God is pleased with me. Yes. That was everything. And the other thing real quick, because I don't want to stay on when long. You look, when God. you look at the fact that how often Peter blew it, and you know that Jesus still was crazy about him some Peter. Man. And he's still in the midst. Because don't get me crying. Because I, I already know I'm going to cry tonight because I know what we're teaching. But... um yeah, it's like when that, that's and I think that lies in for everybody. I think that's why God has had me painstakingly walk through Peter from every single aspect so that, you know, yo, Peter screwed up man, and Jesus was still crazy about him. Mm. So I Jesus is crazy about me for sure. Then if he if he rolling with Peter like that, exactly. like you know, and the other character for me is David. If David is still considered a man after God's own heart, heart after all David did towards the end of his life, like yo, I okay, I I should be good. I I should be good. You know, and who's to say that? Lord, am I gonna really speak this? Who's to say that? Because I feel like at some point he gonna have us walk through David like that. Not on this round. This round is all about Peter. But I feel like he's going to have us walk through David and me go through David. Lord Jesus, can can I have some energized for some rest? Oh, can, I, can I not do it no time soon? <laughs> so, uh, okay, so go, go ahead, Lance. No, I appreciate the way you're breaking, breaking down the character of Peter because I see myself so much in Peter, but I also have to share. So I, I'm glad that I had to wait. Because yesterday I got another revelation when you start talking about the two women, mm-hmm. right? And I know some of the stuff I've done. Right. And to see that he made them whole also, that these women that you called out some women. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, 
and I was over here boohooing again. This this been in constant tears. And so it was interesting because last week I didn't really take no notes. I was just like basking in stuff. And I'm like, why am I so like lackadaisical this week? Yeah. Because you hit me with the <laughs> with the hammer. <laughs> it was like, you need to rest because she about to go somewhere. And she's thinking it's just for her mama. Mm -hmm. No, I needed to hear that. I thank you. I thank you for showing up and letting God use you in the way he's used you. God bless you. Teacher. Oh, I receive. I receive all of that. That makes me feel good. And yeah. what's, really, what's really fun for me is to hear that stuff that y'all been carrying for years are being released in this season. Um, because I really do wholeheartedly believe that this next season is game changing. And so God has to deliver, release, um, loose all some of the stuff that has literally held y'all down. Like there's weights around your ankles and mm. you can't walk on water cause you being held down by shackles and it's causing you not to even float to the top. So I'm glad that that, that is all happening in this season um, right before my eyes right before my eyes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you for letting me share. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Y'all ready to eat? You ready to eat? Uh, okay. So I saw this and it set the tone of where we're going today. Y'all see my screen? You should see my screen. Okay. Oh, let me remove Dana's. Okay. So you should be able to see the screen. Okay. If someone were to ask you who is Denzel Washington, you would say he's a great actor. I would say, no, that's what he does, but that's not who he is. If someone were to ask you who was Aretha Franklin, uh, you would probably say she's a great singer. And again, I would say, no, that's what she did, but that's not who she was because we think that identity and activity are synonymous. There are many Americans right now that have lost their jobs and for many, their identity was wrapped in what they did. And I want to encourage you and remind you that you are not a human doing, but a human being because your identity is not in what you do. It is in who he says you are. So I need for you to get up right now and remember everything he says about you right now. Get up and be. Let's go. So someone want to ask you, we are hooking ourselves. Say he's a great actor. We're hooking ourselves into the unbelieve what you've been taught to believe. That that's where we're we're hooking our our journey for tonight. So let's go to scripture. Uh, New Living. Let's start with. Oh, let me bring uh, Yvette on. There you go, John. Uh, John 2.25 is where we're going to start. Let me pull it up. I don't, uh, actually, it started at 2.23. 
because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about the people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Hook right there. For he knew what was in each person's heart. He knows what's in Tish's heart. He knows what's in Dana's heart. He knows what's in Lashinda's heart. He knows what's in Michelle's heart. He already knows. Luke 6, 12. And we kind of going on another journey tonight. So there you go. All right, let's go. Whenever you're ready. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. Okay, so there's something that God is going to do with we're seeing how often Jesus prays. And so today I was having a moment with thinking about Jesus came down in human form and we're already seeing, we've already seen rather that he is human. He's experiencing human things. He, his humanity is on display. And so I was like, what did he pray a whole lot? He's, he's basically God's son. He prays a whole lot. Every time I turn around, he's stealing off to pray. Like, what are you talking to God about? Because he, he and God wanted the same. And I believe what God was showing me is that, but I sent him to experience humanity. So he, he knowing everything. He's sticking close to me. I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying this is what, what was coming to me as I'm looking at this and trying to understand the significance that Jesus prays all the time. And Jesus went off to a, to find a place to be alone and pray to God. And 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 uh, he went up on a mountain to pray. It's like he stays connected to his father. He's getting instructions from his father. We've already know, I believe it's in John, where he talks about, I don't do nothing without the father's permission. So if he's going to get the father's permission, he's always got to be talking to the father. So this particular night, he's praying all night long. Tell me what he's praying about, Audrey, um, uh, Yvette, 13. Oh, I went. You only had that one verse. Oh, I'm sorry. Go Hold it. Go, oh, I, I, I did only write Luke 6, 12. My bad. Go, go, so go back. I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Okay. 13. So verse 13. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. So he spent all night praying. I don't know what else he was praying about, but I think logic can tell us he was praying about who was he going to be running with and who was going to be who was going to going to be waiting with. Who was going to be his crew? And we just saw in John 2:25 that he knows the heart of people. Why does he know the heart of people? Cuz his father shows him. Wow. He wasn't out here just picking people willy-nilly. He went and proceeded like god who you want to roll with me who who goes on this journey with me 
He didn't pick his family. He let his family be his family. But then he let his, his boys be his boys. And they were selected from God. And he prayed all night about the decision. Because he knew these are the people that are going to carry on his legacy. So he couldn't trust himself in his human form to pick the right ones. He couldn't necessarily lean to his own, because remember he and his humanity, he couldn't lean to his own understanding about who rode with him. And remember, we covered Samuel the other day going to um, choose King David. And, and he thought it was the oldest brother who was cute and fine and very kingly looking. And God was like, no, 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 no. Y'all looking at the outward. I'm looking at the inward. So I'm sure Jesus was staying close to what daddy God said because he knew what he was about to embark on. These people had to be handpicked. Mm. Keep going. Here are their names. Simon. Who's first? <laughs> Peter. Peter. Who's first? P wow, Peter. Peter. We already know who he picked by just the order it was written. Wow. All right, so Peter is the first person he thought of. Peter and his knee-jerk, impetuous, run off at the mouth, don't think before he speaks self. He knows his name. Go ahead. Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Okay. So, and I think it's pronounced Iscariot. I Isca think. Iscariot. Yeah, Isca I think it's. Yeah, there we go. We'll know. We, he knows his name. Um, and God knows his name too. And so I'm wondering when Jesus was up there all night, I wonder did God tell him then what Judas's role was? Mm. And he was like, say, what now? You, you, you want me, you know, Judas, he a thief. And you want me to make him the treasurer of our band? Like we know, dude, you know, you made him. So you know he a thief. You know Satan got a hold to him. It's just a matter of time. And I wonder if God was like, yeah, but I got a purpose for him. He still has a purpose. And Jesus had to have his own moment of, but if you say so, I, I don't think it's no accident that he's last because Jesus was struggling. Like, this, this the one you want me to choose? John 20. We, we, we skipped that other one. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. Oh, good. Good catch. Good catch. Mark three. Thank you, Yvette. 13 through 19. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. 
Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. So I wanted to just sit here for, I wanted to just read this one simply because I learned today, like the difference between the disciples and the apostles. So the disciples are, or anybody is anybody that followed Jesus, just anybody who followed him. But the apostles, when we see the word apostles, it means those 12 that were commissioned to carry on the legacy, to carry on the mission. I never knew that that really was a difference. And so I wanted to see that, that once again, this is who he chose. And go to seven, go uh, read the list again, 16. Simon, whom these are the 12 he chose, Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder. So they all, Jesus came through giving people nicknames. Like I, it's like Simon, he gave Peter. That's normal. But John and James, I can't pronounce what the Greek name is, Borygines. We just go with it. Trust me, it start with a B. I, that's their name in Greek. But it means sons of thunder. And reading this, I'm like, sons of thunder? Okay. All right. That's that's the name we're going to... Okay. okay. And Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew. Bartholomew is also known as Nathaniel. Okay. So just know that. Bartholomew is also known as Nathaniel. Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Like, there's always an asterisk behind Judas's name. And at the time, I learned today that Judas was a common name during this time. It's common. So there's a lot of Judas. We saw that, I think it was Simon, uh, Simon also was, Simon the Zealot was also uh, named Judas. So Judas was a common name. And so was Jesus. Jesus was a common name too, as I read. But after that, did anybody want to name that kid Judas? He come with an asterisk for all of history. Mm. Not just a season. For all of history, Patrice says my new name is Peter Reese. <laughs> but, <coughs> but for all of history, nobody want to name their kid Judas. How many Judases do y'all know now? None. <laughs> That's all I'm like. How many Jezebels do we know? Because there's an asterisk attached to their names. Because they're known by what they've done. All right, now we can go to John 20. 24 through 29. Uh, yeah, 24 through 29. Okay. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Okay, so you gotta, you gotta put yourself in it, Yvette. 
there's a reason why this dude is named Dalton Thomas. Like we don't we don't think about it. How many times for us who've been in in uh hey hey uh uh uh, uh IG, how many times have we read for those of us who grew up in in um church? He's always called Dalton Thomas. That's how we know him. And so he's like, I won't believe it. I, I don't care what y'all say. I know all of all 10 of y'all were here. I don't care what you say. I ain't going to believe it unless Jesus himself got, because I've had the moments like, uh-uh, I ain't believing what I'm hearing. And Jesus himself got to come down and tell me this for me to rock with this. I ain't believing it unless I see the nail in his hands. I need to, I, no, I don't even just need to see him. I got to be able to put my fingers through because I saw how he died. So for me to believe this with these two eyes or these four eyes, I'm going to need to put my fingers through his wounds. And then I'm going to need to place my hand. He don't just say on the wound. He don't just say I need to look at the wound. He said, I got to place my hand into the wound. That's some serious doubt. Keep going. 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas. He came straight for Thomas. <laughs> he came straight. One would think it was Peter. He came straight for Thomas. So Jesus knew his heart. He knew Thomas was going to struggle with this. That's how dope Jesus is. He will go out of his way for one person. He knew Thomas was going to be the one and be like, um, yeah, I ain't believing it. Mm -mm. I know. I don't know where I was. I wish I was here when it happened, but no. And it ain't good enough that all 10 of y'all are telling me this. It, 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 it's like, you know how much doubt you got to have for 10 people to tell you the same thing and you still refuse to believe it? Like, that's a lot of doubt. But Jesus knew that. So what did he say to Thomas? Put your finger here. What did Thomas say he needed to have? I got it. It's like Jesus was in the room when Thomas said it. It's like... Put your finger here because you wanted to sit, put you wanted to put your finger through the hole. So go ahead. What else did he say, Vet? And look at my hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Put your hand saying? into the wound in my side. That was Thomas's exact words. Jesus comes and delivers it. Go ahead. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Yo, Thomas got exactly what he asked for. 28. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So Je I feel like Jesus was throwing a little shade. That was a lot of shade. <laughs> like, because you know, we've seen Jesus can say some stuff. I was reading today where Jesus was was in the Pharisee's house calling him out. I'm like, Jesus, you a guest in the man's house. You hurting his feelings like that? Like, Jesus could be cold. If you start reading some of his encounters, Jesus had a clap back game for your tail. 
Let me just say, if y'all have not read all the gospels and seen the different ways that Jesus talks, it was like Jesus had a strong clap back game. Like he was in the man's house reading them. I was like, Jesus, you a guest though, dude. That's some home training. You a guest. And it's like, he was coming after them. So I feel like Jesus was like, yeah, uh-huh. So you believe when you see me, um, but blessed are those who don't, don't, they don't need the proof. Especially when 10 other people have told you the same thing, Thomas. Well, Thomas, you earned your name on this one, baby. You earned your name because uh, 10 people told you the same thing. Now, well, let's go back to John 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Okay, so uh, th th this just hit me as I'm, I'm listening to you read it. It's like, it says, although he loved them, he still made them wait. So that Lazarus was good and dead dead. Like he had no urgency and he loved them. It says Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. So if he made them wait, and it's specifically saying, this is one of the rare times we just kind of really see, it says Jesus loved them and he made them wait. So LaWanda, what makes you think he ain't gonna make you wait? To resurrect a situation. TJ, I'm talking to myself. What makes you think he ain't gonna make you wait? He loved Mary Mark so much so that he went and got Lazarus from the dead. He loved him that much that he got him. Hey, meaty. He went and got Lazarus, but he made him wait. So Delmar, you don't, you don't think you're going to have to wait for some stuff? Dana, um, so you, you think you, you ain't going to have to wait for some stuff? Well, it says he love him. Matter of fact, it says, although. <laughs> that was so funny. It says, although he loved them. He stayed where he was for another. <laughs> That's just funny to me. Maybe it's just me. But it's like, yeah, I ain't in no hurry. And then seven. What's seven say? Finally. Finally. Said, <laughs> it was like, yo, he already had been dead two days. <clears throat> And now you're going to make them wait another day. Yeah, we at the finally. <laughs> finally, Jesus, are you going to come through and fix this? Go ahead. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Eight. Keep going. But his disciples objected. 
Rabbi. I messed up all these scriptures today. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> like, I'm like, why are you pause? I'm like, oh, it's there six. Okay. I'm just yeah. read it. All of them. Keep going. I need to keep going. So but the disciples talking. objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. And you going there again? They tried to kill you, dude. Are you crazy? Keep going. Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. He called a man his friend and he gonna make him wait. Go ahead. <laughs> he called a man his friend. Okay, go ahead. But now I will go and wake him up. The, the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Let me make it plain to you. <laughs> 14, go ahead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Mm, go ahead. Come, let's go see him. Okay, here's what I wanted to get to though. What's 16? Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Doubting Thomas. Said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. So Thomas was a rider. Thomas was like us. Thomas had a little, 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 little fight game in him. Cause they just said, uh, basically told him like, Jesus, are you crazy? They tr they already mad. You gonna try to go? Thomas was like, no, no, dude, let's go. Jesus going, I'm rolling. And die with Jesus. Like, hold up. See, I'll be like, no, nah, see, I ain't trying to do the die part. I'm, I am not your ride or die girl. I'm like, ride and, and rise is where I'm going. So I am, don't call T, no, T, don't ever call T, <clears throat> T they my ride or die. No, I ain't trying to die with you. I'm I'm trying to ride and rise. This is just how I get down. But Thomas, clearly, so it's going back to the what Jesus had to know about them. It's taking us back to the mountain while he was so intensely in prayer. Jesus has some riders with him. But we're getting to see both sides of them. We're getting to see the elements of their humanity, but their, their elements of their character as well. And that's what Jesus saw. He saw their character. Thomas was a rider. <clears throat> Mark 2, 13 through 17. Maybe this one is right, Yvette. We're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 13. Okay, here we go. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As, as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. So Levi is also known as Matthew, as FYI. So go ahead. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disre disreputable sinners. 
there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. That's what I want to pick up. We don't really... <laughs> so this is who Jesus chose. Jesus knows his name. He's choosing people that other people have thrown away and like, I don't want to be bothered. Which is why 16 is saying when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sin, like there's tax collectors and other sinners. Like, so you essentially, if you go in tax collectors and other sinners, the word other means you're looping the tax collectors into the sinners. And this is who God gave Jesus as his boys to roll with him. And then it, why does he eat with such scum? Yo, he calling. And Jesus has still been like, Matthew, you with me. Lashinda says a bunch of misfits. That, thank you, Lashinda. That's what I've been trying to get. That's what I'm I'm glad you're picking up on that. Deborah, oh, I like the way Deborah put it. Um, Deborah says Thomas was rolling, but he wasn't going to get played. <laughs> I like that, Tefra. Thomas was rolling, but he wasn't going to get played. Patrice is like, yeah, he roll they rolling till the sandals fall off. is <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of misfits. Thank you. That's all my tea lights are. A bunch of misfits who are crazy enough to think that God can use us to change the game. Perfectly imperfect people. When Jesus, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous. Oh, so he's calling not those that think they righteous. <clears throat> not those that are righteous. He said, y'all think y'all righteous. But those who know, you know, you know, Peter knew how he was. People been telling Peter to help. Don't, listen, don't tell Peter because you know Peter, he gonna pop off. So we can't we can't tell Peter that yet. You know, we gotta give Peter some wine and sober him. <laughs> let him calm his nerves because y'all know how Peter is. We ain't telling him. <laughs> Peter cut people's ear off when now we ain't taking Peter. <laughs> you know, we got a dispute over at the market. I need to return something and they giving me a problem. Don't take Peter. Cause you know, Peter gonna turn it out. <laughs> so that's me. That's me. This, the despacho. That's my name. <laughs> like don't, don't Jesus knew, <sighs> and he still chose him. He still chose him. That's just how dope he is. Just rolling with misfits. Okay, where were we? So uh, where are we supposed to be? I forgot where I am. Where am I? Mark 2, Mark 13 through 17. Okay, so we did that one. Okay, so now go to Mark uh, 3, verse 17. Mark 3, 17. Okay, I messed up. We already did that. I don't know why. Okay, so we skipped that one. Go to Luke 9, 51 through 55. You work in meat. I told you I'm on tour. Just keep up. <laughs> okay, 51. <clears throat> as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. 
he sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Oh, snap. Okay, keep going. 54, who was with him? Who was with him? When James and John saw this. Oh, Lord, we already know they called the sons of thunder. <laughs> Jesus knew who he was rolling with. And you mean to tell me what happened? What happened, Yvette? When they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? <laughs> what? I'm still, we talked about that last night. And when I read it today, I was like, they legit <laughs> earned their name. I see why. And you notice it didn't say he renamed them like he did Simon and Peter. He gave them a nickname. So, you know, we got Big Pokey. <laughs> You know, so we know Big Pookie wanted to fall off. You don't you don't want to mess with Big Pookie. You don't want to mess with Ray Ray. <laughs> you, you know, and we know people who got the nickname Tiny, they typically not tiny. <laughs> it says their nicknames were Son of Thunder. We see why. They like they don't want to accept you. We'll handle it. It's like I'm telling you, Jesus between Thomas. James and John, I don't know about the rest of them. They like, mm -mm. you messing with my Jesus, you messing with me. Understand that. Mm. Like I have friends, I'm like, I can't tell them because they are going to go off. So I can't tell them this because they're going to be forever mad. They're going to be wanting to roll up. That's why I probably didn't tell a lot of people about my ex-husband because I know I have friends that be like, yo, uh, I'm going to see that, that dude that we the ninja. <clears throat> so, so, so it's like, um, yeah, but Jesus knew. And the beauty about this is James is the first to be martyred out of the apostles. So whatever happened between them being sons of thunder Jesus choosing them as apostles, still they honored their calling to the point that James was the first to be martyred. And then John, he wrote the book of John. He ended up being um, the, uh, the jelly to uh, Peter's peanut butter, hence the name peanut butter and jelly for them, for, for me at least. He wrote first and second John and then John was who Jesus chose to write Revelation. And John ended up going the opposite direction and being called the apostle of love. My beloved. He wrote the apostle that Jesus loved. So even though Jesus knew he had a temper, even though Jesus knew at the beginning when he called them, Jesus knew ultimately what John was going to do. And so he just called him and, and just said, but Jesus turned, checked them, and they went on to another village. That's when we see in Jesus taking time to change them. You can't stay in Jesus's presence and be the same. 
You can't roll with him on a regular basis and not change from who you thought you were. And Jesus knew and still chose him because he knew his daddy God had told him, I, I need you to ride with them because right now they, they pretty hot-headed, sons of thunder, but I'm going to turn them into something powerful and they're going to be so committed to doing the mission and carrying your legacy that James is going to be the first to be martyred. And then I'm going to use John to write revelation. And I'm going to use John to redeem Peter because everybody needs to know the rest of Peter's story. Because remember, John is the only one who wrote about Peter's redemption. Matthew, Mark, and Luke st stayed at Peter's denial, but John came back behind him and was like, no, you got to know that my boy was redeemed. So this stuff that y'all been carrying and, and has has you in Egypt, this is a season where God is like, no, 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 no. You're going to have the same name and the people, they're going to know you as the same name. They're going to still know you as Delmar. They're still going to know you as Patrice. They're still going to know you as Yvette. But on the inside, I've seen what I put on the inside of you and you're going to change. And you're going to do something for the world because you're going to carry on my legacy because I chose you. John 142. <clears throat> then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon. Yeah, I, I, I never can skip over that intently. Every time I see it, I have to stop. Because I'm wondering, like, what was Peter thinking? He had just met Jesus. And this man is looking in his soul. And I'm wondering, what is Peter thinking? Like, what are he looking at? Is he, is he seeing everything? Is he seeing how wretched I am? Is he seeing what I do? Is he seeing that I just cussed out another fisherman for taking my best fishing spot? Like, what is he seeing? Go on, Yvette. Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John. But you will be called Cephas, which means it's like, Peter. It's, it's, it's like, hey, Jesus, nice to meet you. Okay, nice to meet you too. You're, you're, you're Simon, son of John. Yeah, but now your name is Peter. What? Say what now? You just met me. And I'm wondering if Peter had to go look it up. Like, why he named me Peter? <clears throat> and later on, finding out that that means the rock. I want that man. Because he don't say Jesus said nothing else. He just said, your name is Peter. Y'all think if, if I walked up and said, Yvette, your name is now Patrice. You're going to be like, uh, okay, so I'm sure Tej has a good reason for that. Maybe God has spoken to her. So I'm going to go look up what Patrice means. And then you're going to see that Patrice me is another version of Peter. And you're going to be like, okay, so TJ just told me my name means the rock. I don't know where we're going with this, but 
I'm on for the ride. Matthew 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Keep going. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has re revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So I'm wondering, is this the first time Peter learns? Oh, that's what Jesus meant. And he had been wondering, like, like okay, uh, John, you know what? what has Jesus told you why he called me the rock? James, do you know why Jesus has, has called me the rock? Matthew, did he tell you? I'm even wondering, because we know Peter, it, I can't put it past Peter. Uh, Jesus, so you're going to tell me why you called me the rock today? Tuesday. So Jesus, it's, it's today today, you're going to tell me why you called me the rock? Okay, so I gave you a break on Wednesday, but today Thursday, Jesus, Jesus you're going you gonna to tell me now? Come on, y'all know that's Peter, because that would be me. Y'all know that's Peter. So Jesus, you always teaching in these parables. So it's the day you're going to tell me what the whole rock thing going on? Because I know rocks sink. Rocks are hard. Like, what What that mean? And today he finds out, you want me to build your church? You, you, you do realize I'm a fisherman, right? You, like, I stay out all night on the sea, fishing. And you know, fish can stink quickly. And you want, where they do that at? You just gonna take a fisherman and tell him he gonna build a church? <sighs> okay. 14, 26 through 32. <clears throat> when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. So here's what hit me today when I was thinking about this. Jesus knows where we're all headed. I don't know how long Peter was a fisherman. But I know that Peter is a lot like me. 
And so as a TV editor, I was an editor for 20 something years until Jesus came and got me. So this thought hit me today. Stay in your lane until Jesus comes and leads you out. Peter didn't prematurely get out of that boat. He waited till Jesus came so Jesus could lead him out. And in order for that to happen, there had to be some unsettling that that it, all of them that Jesus just shows up and there and he says, come and they come. So I feel like there was already a preparation, a restlessness going on inside of them that they knew the minute that Jesus showed up, it's time to go. But they were committed to staying in their lane until Jesus came and pulled them out of their lane. And so we can't be premature about where Jesus is taking us because we got to make sure that we're not out of alignment, that we're just not frustrated with our nine to fives and it has just not gotten on our nerves. So don't be quitting your job just because you mad unless Jesus comes in, takes your hand and say, okay, let me lead you out of this now. I feel your restlessness, but I put the restlessness in you so that when I show up, you'll know your spirit already knows it's time for me to bounce. So don't be bouncing out of here in this season unless you sure Jesus has shown up in the boat and told you, yeah, you can walk on water. Make sure you get real clear on when it's time for you to go. And again, Jesus knew what Peter was capable of. We've talked about this. If this is your first time joining in or listening, go back and listen to some of the other days where I have broken this thing down to, I don't know how much else God gonna milk out of this one scripture, but in, <clears throat> Jesus knew Peter was a fisherman in a walker walk, a water walking body. Like Kirk said, fisherman was what he did. Water walking was who he was. And remember we talked about it. Did Jesus didn't tell him to do a tutorial or start in calm seas. He Peter walked on water in the middle of a storm. Jesus knew it was in him because he built him to be a water walker. So Peter thought the whole his rest of his life he was going to be do fishing. Jesus shows up on the scene and tells him who he is, you're a water walker. And we, when we think of Peter 2000 years later, we don't just think of, I would argue, we don't think about him denying Jesus. We think about him water walking. The only person 
in history to walk on natural water. Now, David Blaine and David Copperfield can do it. I've seen them do it. But <laughs> we know Peter is known for water walking. There are entire sermons and books written around what Peter did. They're not written around how to deny Jesus three times. It's written around how to get out the boat and water walk. Peter in his last mind, he would ever think he would ever do is walk on water. He is settled. I can fish in the water. I can swim in the water. I never would in a million years would think I can walk on water. And that's exactly what he did. And did it well. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There, there was a man there named Zac Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. We already and, know what people think about the tax collectors. <laughs> and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was coming to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said by, and called him by name. Zacchaeus. So Jesus walking by. He ain't never met the man. Instagram, uh, we're getting ready to disconnect. Go over to YouTube and the, you'll get the rest of this. Head over to YouTube. Go ahead. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be your guest in your home today. So Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus or what, however you pronounce it, he trying to just get a peek at the man. He wasn't even trying to meet Jesus. He was just trying to see him. He, he tried to get a look. He just wanted to know who is this dude? Jesus is walking by. He just trying to look. He got his little binoculars trying to see. And all of a sudden, look at the binoculars, you know, and then all of a sudden he sees Jesus looking dead at him through his binoculars. <laughs> and I'm sure he went, and Jesus going, Zacchaeus! And then now the binoculars have dropped. He's broken his binoculars, but he rich so he can get another pair. Quick, come down here. I gotta come to your house today. Say, say what now? I was just trying to get a look. I ain't look. I ain't trying to have you all up in my business. I heard about you. You be knowing stuff about people. And then I need to take the trash. I didn't take the trash out. I didn't make my bed this morning. And you try to tell me, you can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> Six. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Hey, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> how, how many, how often does a person just get called out and asked by Jesus to come to their house? So I'm just, he's going to have to be, I'll apologize when he get there, but I'm about to be lit because Jesus is coming to my house. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. 
Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will, cheated people. Go ahead. <laughs> I will give them back four times as much. He just started telling on himself. Just <laughs> you, you, you can't do deal with being Jesus president. He, he just start telling like, you know what? Okay. So, okay. So I already know about you. So I'm gonna get half my wealth to the poor and then I'm, I'm gonna give people four times. And then thinking, did I really say four times? What dude? Zacchaeus, why you just say like, I'm gonna give them twice. I gotta give four. Like he just start telling on himself. Go ahead. Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So because the kids climbed up in that tree just to get a peek, he had an encounter with Jesus that he will forever remember. Salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. What did that do to Zacchaeus? What did that do to his psyche of living in an environment where they call tax collectors underhanded and notorious sinners? And then Jesus came through and called him something else. A true son of Abraham. The Pharisees had named him scum, notorious sinner. But one encounter with Jesus, he goes down in history with a new name, a true son of Abraham. Mark 5, 21 through 34. This is the last one I need you to read, um, Yvette. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. Then he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So for those of us who grew up in church, type in the chat. This story, what is it typically called? When we when we think about this particular story, what do we call it? Keep going, Yvette, while they're typing. Keep going. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized once that healing power had gone out from him, I'm sorry, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, 
look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Okay, vet, you're off the hook now. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, so this was already on my list to deal with. And then I listened to Pastor Stephen Furtick's message today. And he dealt with it too, so he gave me other insights. So I want to just take this from the top. Okay, so I'm getting my answer. The woman with the issue of blood. That's what we know this story as. If we go back up to verse 22, then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. Look at 25. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 22. The leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. 22, then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus. 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. We don't know her name. All we know about her is what she struggled with. But the leader of the local synagogue, and that's a high position, we know his name. We don't know her name. We know her by what she was dealing with. She don't even have a name. She had been dealing with this for so long that it became her identity. We know the name of the higher person in this story, but we only know what her issue was. 2000 years later, we still only know her by what she struggled with. And the man who we know his name, he got through to Jesus pressing but it didn't matter to her that we didn't know her name. She was crazy enough to believe that nameless and all, she had had enough. She had, it says she is in, in other translations, it talks about she had spent, no, it says it here. She had spent a great deal for many doctors and over years had spent everything trying to figure out what was wrong with her. She didn't get better. She got worse. And then she came up behind you. She didn't even let Jesus see her. She came up behind him and touched his robe. Because she was crazy enough to believe that I'm going to try this. I heard it through the grapevine that this man is healing people. So I'm going I'm to try this. I got nothing to lose. 
And she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I'd be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel her body that she had finally been healed after 12 years. And in 30, Jesus realized at once, this is the only time that we, Jesus does not know who touched him. He didn't know who he healed by just being Jesus. He wasn't even doing anything. He wasn't even trying. That to me signifies, I just got to get in his presence. And then I don't even have to be really up on him. I just got to get his robe. And some stuff can happen. So all the time, Jesus ain't got to be aware. I'm going to God. He ain't got to come to me. I'm going to him. And I ain't even going to touch him. I'm just going to touch his clothes. Because his, his, his clothes are that powerful because they own him. So if I could just get in his presence close enough and I ain't got to look him in the eye, I'll be in the back of him. So he turned around and asked, who, who touched my robe? And I'm sure she's like, I can just get in, get out. Ain't nobody have to know. If it don't work, fine, but at least I tried. He ain't got to know. And all of a sudden, er, she on her way out of the crowd. And who touched me? And I can imagine her just freezing. Like, dude, I was just trying to be on the deal. You ain't missing that power. Why you got to call me out? Like, you got all this power. You going to notice that little piece of power I took from you? Why you got to say something? His disciples said to him, and we already know in one version we see, it's Peter. Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. He's looking around. Jesus, he's looking around. He don't know. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him. And she's a woman, so you know she told a whole story. Jesus, it's been 12 years, and I'm wondering if she's apologizing. I'm so sorry, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to bother you. I saw that you were you were on with on your way to heal you know, this, this man. And I didn't want to really disrupt you because he said his daughter was dying, and, and, and but I just needed to try something, Jesus, and I'm so sorry if I, if I violated your space. I'm so sorry, but I couldn't help myself because I'm so tired of carrying this. I've, I've given up everything, and I just needed a touch. I just needed, you didn't have to touch me. I just knew I needed to touch you, so I'm pretty, I'm really, really really sorry. I know you had somewhere pressing to go and I wasn't trying to, to stop you and I wasn't trying to take up much of your time. So that's why I, I didn't want to say nothing. But Jesus, I've been in so much pain for so long and I'm tired of people looking at me crazy and I'm tired of just losing everything. And they, they keep thinking all they see is my abortion. All they see is I got pregnant. All they see is for some reason I can't keep a job. All they're seeing is that I I, I have a, 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 a I didn't go to college. All they're seeing is all the mistakes I made. All they're seeing is I got addicted to drugs. All they're seeing is that is that I went to prison. That's all they see. And I just knew if I just touched you, Jesus, if I just touched you, 
I can be done with that. And I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? I know you have an important place to go. And this man is, is he, he's the head of the synagogue. So I know he's important. It's just little me, but I had to try. I had to. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the way Pastor Furtick put it, it's like he didn't, he didn't let her slip off and still be caught up in the shame. He wanted her fully healed from this. She was just trying to just, just remove the pain. And Jesus was like, no, I wanna elevate you. Cause this thing has become your identity. You've been in it for so long, it's become your identity. So I need you to start looking at yourself from a different perspective. So no, I couldn't just let you take my power and leave. I needed to heal you from the head to your toes. I needed to heal every aspect of you because you've been hurting for so long in this. And it's time for you to let it go. And the only place in scripture, as Pastor Furtick pointed out, that Jesus called, she went from being the woman with the issue of blood to being called daughter. She had forgotten that she's somebody's daughter. That more important man was trying to save his daughter and here Jesus was trying to save his daughter. So he changed her, her essence from being the woman with the issue of blood to now being daughter. There's something special about daughters. And Jesus refused to let her stay in that state that she had existed in for 12 years. And it had become so much a part of her that we don't even know her name. And Jesus was like, not on my watch. You're going to know what I see you as. I know you slept with a bunch of men so you can make your ends meet. I know that, but you still, after all that, you still my daughter. I know you've done some crimes to keep a roof over your head, but understand you're still my daughter. I know you've been rolling around in this, this depression for years, but I just, I just need you to know I'm going to take time on my way to do another miracle. And I'm going to stop right now and do a miracle with you because you need to know you're my daughter. You're not your issue. You're not your past. You're not what everybody else calls you. You're my daughter. And because of your faith, you're made well. And then he tells her, go in peace. 
Don't go with anxiety anymore. Don't carry the shame anymore. Don't carry the guilt anymore. Because your suffering is over. That's over. From this point on, I stopped and spent this time with you to end your suffering. So with that said, I'm going to close on Psalm 139. 115. And usually, you know, God gives me an acronym. And today he told me no acronym. I need them to end on knowing this. About how I feel about Tish, how I feel about Jamila, how I feel about Nijas, how I feel about Wanda, how I feel about Delmar. They need to know how I feel about Dana. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home in a pandemic, you know everything I do and you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You, you go before me and then you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Oh God, such knowledge is just too wonderful for me and it's too great. I can't even comprehend it, God, how you love me. It's too great for me to understand and I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the forest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and I could ask the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, God, even in the darkness of my sin, even in the darkness of, I don't want people to know this. I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You're going to see it. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit me together in Wanda's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I am not single layered. I, there's dimensions to how you built me. On one hand, I'm Wanda's kid. On another, I'm Bud's sister. On another, I'm T2 and Sir Grayson's TT. I am Marvin's daughter. I am Mohawk's daughter, but I'm also LaRonda's friend. I am also Tish's coach. I am the chief noisemaker. I am a child of God in all aspects. Yes, I am the kid who got pregnant at 14 and had an abortion. Yes, I am the kid who got pregnant at 24 and had another abortion. I am the kid who actually married a man that almost killed me. And yet you knew all of this and still knew my name. You didn't define me by my mistakes. You didn't write me off because of my screw ups. 
every time I've blown it, you still have called me. You have qualified me. There's no way Peter could have ever thought he was qualified to do this. There is no way I would have ever thought that I would spend 30 days teaching your word, but you knew because you formed me in Wanda's womb. And before you even did that, you knew what my life was going to be like. So I thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. I'm marvelous. How well I know it because you said it. You watched me as I was being born, as I was being formed in utter seclusion in the middle of a pandemic. And I was woven together in the dark of Wanda's womb and you saw me before I was born and every day of my life was recorded in your book. So you knew August 18th of 2020 was coming, God. You knew that that was gonna be a season that I had to spend with a group of people to get them to come out of Egypt and actually wake up the Peter in them. You knew this because you had it planned. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So I don't have to be thrown by the things that tossed me because you knew the moments were coming. You knew I wasn't going to want to leave L.A., but you had to get me out of, LA, out of L.A. to be in Atlanta for such a time as this. It was all laid out before I was born. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. You delight in me, even in my, in my mess. You still delight in me. I will envision you smiling at me. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They can't even be numbered. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Wanda. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Tish. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Lashenda. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Dana. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Terrell. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Laz. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Audrey. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Bert. You have so many wonderful thoughts about Yvette. They can't even be counted. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, when I wake up from a mess, when I wake up from the guilt that has plagued me all night and I'm pacing the floor, when I wake up and like, I don't even know how I'm going to get out, get myself out of this mess, God. I, I don't even feel right about coming to ask you to help me with it, to come out of it. When I wake up, you are still with me. Amen. I'm going to count it down. That is the prayer for y'all to sit with. Go read it yourself. And know fully that God delights in you. He knows your name. And what you've done is no surprise to him. 
He knows your name. He knows the essence of who you are because he created you. Nothing you've done is a surprise to him. So it's really time for you to unbelieve the things you've been taught to believe about yourself, even if you if it's coming from yourself. So you got to counter Psalms 139. You got to counter it. And 10. Nine. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Eight. Seven. God sees you, Cheryl. He sees you. Six. Elsie, he knows your name. Five. Nejus. He knows your name. Four. Tracy knows your name. Three. Thank you, Lord God, for tonight. Two. One. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.